Welcome to the River Life Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you will encounter Jesus and allow His words to wash you anew. May He reveal more of who He is to your heart. Here's the message for this week. Happy New Year, River Life! Oh, let's try again. Happy New Year, River Life! Alright, are you excited to start 2024? Hallelujah. You know, it, we, it's such a great joy and pleasure to uh, stand before you today and deliver this message. And uh, uh, we had a great watch night service. How many of us were at watch night service? Uh, on the, wow, we have so many of us join us. And, uh, you know, we were so excited and so busy seeking the Lord that we actually missed the countdown. You know, so for the first time, you know, in history, we, we didn't have a countdown, but it's great. But, the, you know, it's great to be found in the Lord's presence uh, and ushering in the new year and really giving the first fruits of our time in 2024 to the Lord. So we were, we were greatly blessed. And um, I spent actually the better half of December actually traveling, uh, spent two weeks with my family and you know, uh, extended family in, 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 uh, in Japan and actually uh, spent a lot of time feasting. And then I went to KL to attend a, my secretary's wedding. And then I saw sale at Mid Valley, you know, uh, shopping mall and uh, Benjamin Barker. I went in, all oh, the pants all looked so good. You know, but I tried my normal size and it couldn't fit. So, got to buy a couple of sizes bigger, you know, and... Uh, and so my New Year resolution is actually to lose weight, which I make it every year, you know. Our brother Sam was talking about it, you know. It's like, I make it every year, but I keep trying and uh, may the Lord's grace be upon me. And so we begin 2024, you know. Um, how many of us feel that uh, 2023 was just zoom past, just like that? You know, and, 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 and here we are. In the first Sunday service of, of 2024. Uh, but before we, we move into this new season, I would like to just ask all of us this question. You know, how would you describe your 2023? How would you describe your 2023? Uh, if, I, if I use this word uh, to describe 2023, and I think this word is, is overwhelming, how many of you would identify with that? 2023 was overwhelming. I see quite a few hands. You know, we had the first full year with uh, the full restrictions of COVID lifted. Um, we had a full travel schedule. You know, we had an endless deadlines in school and at work. And I was just talking to my uh, nieces and nephews and they keep saying that JC is so stressed. I said, I asked them, how come, how come JC is so stressed? I had a Two most fun years of my life in JC. You know, but, but apparently, you know, now the, the, the stress that our kids, uh, our young people face in school is in, incredible. So whether we are in school or at work, we, we got to balance that with family commitments. Uh, for those who are like me in this season, uh, with elderly parents and young kids, uh, it's a lot of... Um, also balancing with, with marital commitments, with commitments to our spouses, a commitment to our children, our parenting duties. And for those of us who are serving in churches, 
God's church ministry commitments. And then on top of that, we have our friendships. You know? So it feels like everything is coming to you at breakneck speed. I will just, in preparing for this message, um, just looking at uh, a couple of articles um, in 2023. And there was one article that describes the jump from one epidemic to another epidemic. It's a jump from the COVID epidemic to the epidemic of stress. And it's the Business Times article that was uh, featured on the 12th of November, uh, 2023. The epidemic of stress plaguing Singaporean workers. And there was another article that is on the same month, the 1st November 2023, that describes it a bit more. It's a, it's a Today article, if you can have it on screen as well. And from a survey done among Singaporeans, almost 9 out of 10 Singaporeans reported feeling stressed in 2023. Okay, and that's 16%, okay, a staggering 16% felt that the stress was not manageable. And only one in 10 Singaporeans had this high vitality, which is defined as the intangible sense of feeling alive and alert and in command of our lives and energy. And there's a sense, you know, brothers and sisters, and it's happening, I think, all around the world that we are not in control of our lives and that we are not in control of our time. How many of you have heard of this phrase called revenge bedtime procrastination? How many of us? Quite a number of hands. You know, it's not revenge travel, but revenge bedtime procrastination because of the high pressure and packed schedules um, that we face in the day. It actually pushes our sleep back further as we seek to regain some me-time at night. And gradually, there's a strong need for Singaporeans to, 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 to reclaim time for ourselves, okay? Because in the, in, the, in the daytime, we find that our time is not our own. We are so fixated with the deadlines and the expectations of everyone around us and also the constant demand of our jobs. And so we spend the nighttime and the wee hours of the morning watching videos, browsing online, even playing games. So I think that seems to be the, the overall context and the struggles that uh, we, we Singaporeans face day to day in this very high-speed society. But I think I just want to share with us that the key perhaps in managing Right and to really thrive in our culture is, is um, is to have the right priorities in life. And when we have the right priorities in life, when you we focus on the things that God says are important for us, then we can live out God's purpose for our lives. We can enjoy fruitfulness and multiplication in every aspect of our lives without strife. So I just want to invite all of us to stand even as we go through this passage together. And my message today is entitled, um, God first, people next, then the earth. It's a spiritual principle that we can find in the creation story in Genesis chapter 1, 
and 2. So shall we all read that together? Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be fruit for you and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to every thing that moves on the earth which has life. I have given every green plant for food and it was so. God saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, Father, for your word this morning. Lord God, I just pray, Lord, Father, for this word in season, Lord, Father. Oh, for this message that you have for your people, Lord God, I pray, God, that it will come into our hearts this morning and it will take root in our hearts and the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord Father. God, you will water that word in our hearts and it will bear fruit to multiply it, Lord Father, 30, 60, and 100 for Lord Father. Hearken our ears to your voice this morning and hide your servant behind the cross and help me to deliver this message with your anointing in Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I just want to, to help us see my first big point, and that's the, the title of this message, okay? And it's called God First, People Next, and Then the Earth. God First, People Next, Then the Earth. I just want to share with us that I see... A divine order in creation. And we, the, from the passage that we have read just now, Genesis chapter 1, God did his creative work in the first five days and he called light into being. He separated the waters from uh, above from those that are beneath. He caused land to rise. He created the cattle, the birds, and the fish. And there's a certain order of creation when we come to the sixth day. God created man, the masterpiece of his creation. Men and women. And to have fellowship with God, to experience his love. And as a result, man is created in the image and likeness of God. We can see in, in verse 26 that there is a conversation, the first conversation that within the Trinity, the Godhead that speaks of God's clear intention, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And then God 
We know the story, right? God formed Adam's body from the dust of the ground and then he breathed into Adam the breath of life and Adam became a living spirit. And so we know that there is an important difference between us and the rest of creation because we carry God's spirit. We carry God's breath and we are made in the image of God to be like God. And that's our identity, that's our being. We have inherent worth and we are deeply loved, treasured by God, placed by God at the top of the creation order. And up to this point, God says everything that he created is good. And there's only one thing that is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. And that's where God created woman out of Adam's rib. And there we have it. It was the first marriage, the first union, the first family unit that was created by God. And Adam said, you know, flesh of my flesh and bones of my bones. And then God called Adam and Eve. And he, in verse 28, God blessed Adam and Eve, and gave them the mandate to rule over the earth. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And the Hebrew word for subdue it is to cultivate the Hebrew word kavash. To subdue, to cultivate and to organize something in such a way that it thrives, it grows and it flourishes. So Genesis 2 verse 15 says, The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. And so God has put creation under man's care and man's stewardship. So whether we serve God in the marketplace or you serve God in church full time, you are fulfilling that mandate from God. We have each been given a portion. We have each been given a realm. We have each been given an area. We have each been given a sacred call where we can bring God's influence and presence into the part of creation that God has given all of us to steward. So, brothers and sisters, whichever profession you are in, whatever your job description, you have a call to bring God's rule and realm, God's influence, God's presence, God's face, God's anointing into that arena. So in this divine order, we see a spiritual principle at play. It tells us from the order of creation, what is the order of importance? And that is God should be at the top, right? And then people next, and then the earth. It follows the creation from God who is the first cause. God who is the creator. God who is the 
Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, which is on top. And then we have people, second, which is at the top of God's creation order. And then we have the earth. So then we see that God is most important. Our relationship with God is most important. And then the relationship with people, starting from our loved ones, our wives, our husbands, and then our children. And then we come to the area of the earth, what we have been given to steward, which represents our work, our ministry, our finance, our hobbies. The sad thing is, as I look around the world, you know, to some people, it, it like, it's like the other way around. Many people in the marketplace, work is most important. You know, they're busy chasing a very stellar five-star career. Right? And then followed by their children. And then if you have time for your wife, it is your wife. Or it is your husband. And by that time, you have actually no time for God. God becomes someone that you hope to pray to so that your career goals are met. So that your life goals are met. And and God gradually comes to a place where He's totally subservient and in servitude to the agenda in people's lives. And I see some people loving their dogs more than they love their wives. You know, my wife, last year, she, she, she's got a, a revelation, you know, and she bought a pet hamster for the family to, 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 so that we can steward, you know, the animals, you know, prophetically, like, prophetically. And, and, you know, and, and the pet hamster, she named it uh, Cutie Pie, right? Cutie Pie. And so she brought Cutie Pie into the house and the children were all mesmerized and so fixated and fascinated by Cutie Pie, you know. So when I come home every day, guess whose attention the children's are fixed at? You know? Guess who they are giving their attention to? It's all around Cutie Pie. You know, before long, I am, I am so jealous of Cutie Pie. Then I, I, I start to think of ways to make Cutie Pie disappear, you know. Some people prioritize their hobbies over their families. I mean, to golf, but I'm not addicted to golf. But I see a lot of golfers, they are addicted to golf. I don't know whether there are any golf widows here in this sanctuary. But when you go to the golf course, there are so many people, you know, their aim in life is to get a single handicap. It's scary. You know, that's the top agenda in their lives. And, I, and, and to be frank, it has crept into the church as well. And I see guys being addicted to gaming. Serious, you know. And, and they are day and night playing games uh, in their little cave at home and uh, neglecting uh, their, their families and uh, some of us could be addicted to Netflix, you could be addicted to, to the internet, 
over-connection time with our wives and our children and brothers and sisters, we see the consequences of putting the wrong order on our priorities and it causes a lot of unnecessary stress, it causes a lot of tension, it causes a lot of internal strife within the family. So I just want to share with us how do we practically apply this principle, right? God first, people next, and then the earth. I, I have two application points. My first application point is that following God is man's first priority. Following God is man's first priority. And in the creation story, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve actually interacted with God and they heard God's voice. And we are created for that. We are created to love God. We are created to be in the presence of God. We are created to connect with God, to hear God, to receive revelation from God and the instruction from God and to respond to God in obedience. Now, I just want to ask all of us, is following God easy? What do you think? Is following God easy? You know, Adam and Eve failed miserably. As we read on in the Genesis account in, in, in Genesis chapter 3, they failed miserably because they followed their own covetous desires. They want to be God. They want to usurp the, the place of God in their lives. They want to be independent from God. And, and so we suffer from the consequences of that fall. A lot of times we want to be independent. But it's also not easy to follow God because God doesn't show us the whole roadmap in our lives all at once, right? And, and in, in my experience, most of the time, God just shows us the next step. The next step. And that's, and that's why we, we need faith, okay? We need faith. Hebrews chapter one, uh, 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And it is the conviction of, of things not seen. And, and the author of Hebrews gave an example of faith. He, he, many examples of faith. Our faith heroes in the Old Testament. And one of them is, is Abraham. And in verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So we see the whole story of Abraham. And Abraham obeyed God and took that first step to leave his comfort zone. It was not easy for him to leave his own country his relatives, his earthly father's house to the land that God promised to show him. And God called Abraham to be a great nation and God told him that his name will be great and, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through Abraham. And that's the Abrahamic covenant. That's Abraham's mandate in, in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, but God didn't show Abraham how it is all going to be done. How is all going to be fulfilled? And God didn't even show Abraham the destination, the land that he was to arrive at. But Abraham had faith and he heard God 
And it is that word that so gripped him and that word that he couldn't ignore and he stepped out. He obeyed and he went forth. Hebrews described that journey. He went forth not knowing where he was going. Without knowing the full picture, Abraham embarked on that journey of faith. And isn't that the same for our faith journey in the Lord as well? And Abraham sought the Lord constantly in that journey. Yes, there were times that he made mistakes. There were times that he went to Egypt. Uh, out of God's plan, there was time that he went out of that map. He went out of grid. He went out of the GPS of God. Um, he birthed Ishmael, although God told him that you have your son with Sarah, but he birthed Ishmael things or, or you know, things in his life that he wasn't um, actually supposed to birth. And then there were, there were detours in that journey. But, but I just want to share that, you know, generally, Abraham is called the father of faith. And that's the reason why, because he followed what God had mandated for his life through that strong relationship with God, that moment-by-moment connection with God. And many times in his life, he went forth in obedience as the Lord has spoken to him. And through that journey, Abraham experienced many supernatural encounters that actually anchored his faith in God. I just want to share a personal story. In, in, in 2012, I was actually in my comfort zone. Uh, I was a, a, a relatively young lawyer. I was about three years post-qualification experience. I was working in a big four law firm. I was blessed with a very healthy paycheck. Um, I had much favor with my boss. I worked really well with her. By God's grace, I was the top performing associate in the practice group. I was given a, a very, very big bonus at the end of the year. And everything was cruising in my life. And then I got a phone call from God. N not, not a literal phone call, but and I got a call from God. <laughs> and God says, you know, I, I, want to leave, I want you to leave this law firm. I want to, you to leave your comfort zone. I want to leave your present environment. I want you to start your own practice. I want you to plant yourself in an inconspicuous place. Uh, I want you to act for the men on the street. I want you to help those that cannot help themselves. I'll help those who cannot speak for themselves. And at the point of time, it was a struggle, big struggle for me. You know, I, I was asking God, God, Surely that cannot be you. <laughs> Surely that cannot be your voice. And it was not easy for me to grapple with, with God's call because in, in my industry, uh, people are fixated on that narrow definition of success. That narrow definition of success, which says that the only path to be successful is to work 10 years in a big firm and then be made equity partner. To upgrade your car every year. To upgrade your house every 5 to 10 years. And that was that 
golden road almost, it seems that there was no other path. At the point of time, I could see no other path that lawyers have, have walked before that I could emulate. So in, in, in fear and trembling, and after I, I, I spent a season just grappling and wrestling through this, and I, I, obeyed, I obeyed God's call, and I left uh, where I was. I parted with, with everything I had in that season in my life. And interestingly, the only door that was open at that point was a firm that was beside Waterloo Street Temple. And, uh, and the offer the firm offered me was that there was no basic salary. And everything I received will be actually taken from my own billings. means that I need to have my own clientele. means that I need to have my own work. You know, I just got married. I, I just bought a very humble HUDC unit at, at Braddle View because of Pastor Lionel's recommendation. Uh, I started to regret after making that purchase. You know, was a huge... No, I'm just joking, just teasing him. Um, and a lot of renovations, financial commitments, and I had a, my first daughter, you know, my, Rachel was coming along. And I only had four years of experience at work. I had no clients, no track record, no network, no lobang, so to speak. And it was a daunting call from God, but, but still I, I obeyed and I still remember going to work on the first day and being in the office and there was no work. And I was like wondering, what am I doing in the office? You know, when you have too much work, you're very stressed. Huh? But when you have no work, huh? it's also stressful. <laughs> so, no work. On the first day, I was, you know, spending, I just went to work normal. Second day, I went to work normal, no work. I, I was like, you know, after my computer kind of, you know, I was like wondering, what should I do? Should I be surfing net? Should I be playing games? You know? And uh, the third day, no work. But then I remembered very, uh, very vividly that on the fourth day, I received a call. I received a call and, and it was a call from my ex-colleague back in the big firm and uh, my roommate, she said, Rumi, hey, Rumi, I've got a piece of work for you. Do you want to act for a loan shark? It's like, like praying to God, God, I didn't come out, you know, to, to act for a loan shark. It's, it's the wrong profile of clients, God. It's the wrong profile of clients. So, you know, I, I, I rested that matter. And then I received another call from, from her, I think half an hour later. Oh, sorry, I, I did my, my due diligence for it. It's not a loan shark. It's, it's somebody that is harassed by a loan shark and gave his ATM card over that, to that loan shark and he was charged under the Money Lenders Act. You know, so just to educate us, you know, don't give your ATM card to, to people you don't know, okay? So, and then, and when I heard that, you know, tears just flowed from, just flowed because, you know, God knows what kind of work I knew to do. It was the only kind of criminal work that I knew how to do because back in, the big four firm, we, we never acted for these people. And the only time I acted in the criminal work was exactly people giving out their ATM card to loan shark and they were charged. And so I broke down before the Lord. I said, God, you know 
and this is your provision for me. And so I knew and I knew that God was with me uh, in the journey. You know, and God started to provide. And, and 12 years later, I'm here you know, with a law firm that has been started. It grew to almost 20 lawyers and God opened the floodgates uh, to provide for us. But most importantly, brothers and sisters, people are coming to the law because of our firm. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. People are getting restored in the marketplace because of covenant chambers. And, and God has been using me uh, in a very unconventional way to restore marriages because people come to my firm and they want to get divorced. And then I will tell them, you know, if you get divorced, you spend a lot of money, you'll be like, you know, a huge financial stress on you and this is my bill. But if you are committed to salvage your marriage, I will work with you. You know, I will journey with you. I'll counsel you and I will pray in faith with you. And it costs nothing to you. So you do the math, right? So, so okay. And so I, I began to journey with, with, with people, right? And began to journey to help them to restore their marriages. And I thank God. And I thank God that, that the people that God has given me, you know, the marriages have not been lost at this point of time. We have seen some marriages getting restored and some are on the way. So brothers and sisters, I just want to share with you that maybe 2024, started uncertain for you. Maybe you may not even know what 2024 might bring. Maybe you are still finding your bearings in 2024. Maybe you are in transition in 2024. Or maybe God has called you to head in a fresh new direction and that you are actually unsure. You are actually apprehensive and you are actually asking God, God, is that really you? And I just sense that in, in this crowd before us here, some of you, God is calling you to go somewhere where no one has gone before. God is leading you to bliss a trail that no one has gone before. God is calling you to be a pathfinder, to find that path. And come back and to tell your brethren that there is a better way, there is an alternative path to what the world actually has to offer. But you are dead scared at this point. I want to encourage you. God is faithful. He will hold your hand. Spend time in God's presence. Trust God. Obey God. Just take that next step of faith and then God will show you what's next. And that's for us individually, but as a church, as a church, following God is our first priority. Amen? I just want to spend uh, some time talking about Numbers 2. Numbers 2, verse 1 to 2. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, The sons of Israel shall come, each by his own standard. With the banners of their father's households, they shall camp around the tent of meeting at a distance. They shall camp around the tent of meeting at a distance. And this is a, 
a picture of 12 tribes in the wilderness camping around the tabernacle. Where the presence of God dwells. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night that came up, you know, above the mercy seat in the tabernacle. And it's a very grand, um, vivid picture of corporate uh, followers of God. As a, a corporate, as a church, we, we have to follow God's leading. Like the Israelites who came around the presence of God, who followed the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, we have to do the same because, you know, any time where the pillar of cloud moved, the Israelites set forth from their camp. And every time when the pillar of cloud stayed wherever they are, it was time to pitch their tents. As a church, we have to do the same. The eldest SLT, Pastor Lionel, reminded us recently, and it's a timely reminder that God has given River Life many prophetic words of what he desires River Life to become. And I will flash it on screen. God desires us to be a house of radical worship and prayer. God desires us to be a center of healing and restoration. God desires us to be a center for training and discipleship. God desires us to be a pillar of fire and light in the east, impacting our community and the nations. Do we know from step one to ten how this is all going to happen? No. God shows us one step at a time. And we need to follow Him. In 2022, Pastor Ben rallied all of us to pursue God as a church. And that year, we felt, let the river flow. We need to encounter God's manifest presence together as a church. It was a time that was coming out of COVID. A lot of our hearts are feeling dry. We need the presence of God in this church. Breaking out in full measure. And then last year in 2023, Our exhortation at the beginning of the year was let God's presence flow out. The river flowing out. And we felt that, you know, we, do not, we cannot remain to be in the Dead Sea. We need to have an outward orientation. We need to care for our fellow river lifers. For those that are still at home, we need to bring them back to services together. For people in our community and the nations, for those who need to hear the message of Christ. We need to spread that message and continue to be missional as we navigate the days ahead. Where we could resume travel again. And we saw 
during the 21 days of prayer that many hearts were revived through that 21 days and up to now, people are still coming up for testimonies. We see God's presence reaching out to our communities. Block 872. Coast areas, we have created a beachhead and people are coming to know the Lord. We see God's presence move in a big way in the missions field, in Dakupani, Pankasinan, where I was really privileged to take part in a Rise and Shine conference and I saw the Holy Spirit just break out in such a powerful way. So many hearts, especially young hearts, were touched and their hearts were revived. We have seen healing, both physical and emotional. We have seen marriages restored through the marriage camps that we have held in in 2023. And so brothers and sisters, good things are happening and the river is flowing. Amen? The river is flowing and the river is flowing out. So in 2024, I believe that God will multiply the first fruits that we have seen in the past two years. Amen? We want to go deeper in God's river. And it's not about doing more. It's not about striving on our own. It's not about, you know, producing food on our own strength. But it is to plug ourselves, connect ourselves. It's about following God. And whatever God is doing to allow the currents of God's river to take us further and deeper. So that's, that's for us corporately, you know. And, and the second application I have, okay, under this point, right? God first, people second, and then the earth is that family is more important than work and ministry. That's the second application I, was, I want to just share with us today. Okay, and, and that was my major learning in 2023. That was my number one take home and my number one thanksgiving. God had to correct me. And um, I just want to, to share with us Genesis 1, 28. God blessed them and said to them, and God blessed Adam and Eve together, husband and wife, and commanded them, be fruitful and increase in number to have children, and then subdue the earth and rule over it. And God gave this mandate not to Adam alone or Eve alone, but to them together. So marriage and family is actually above work and ministry. There was a breakthrough in my marriage in 2023. And God helped me through my wife to reprioritize my family above my work and ministry in 2023. Attended a marriage camp. I think I shared with you, uh, in Hong Kong, that was in October. And uh, Pastor Ben and Pastor Diner were there as well. And uh, the day before the camp started, my wife, actually, we were in the Hotel Peninsula in Hong Kong, uh, not the one in Singapore. And on the 25th floor, beautiful, beautiful, uh, you know, uh, um, a view over the, the Victoria Harbour. And it was a very, very romantic moment. And my wife was hugging me and, I, and she said to me, hey, you know, our marriage is so good. I don't know what we are talking about the next day. 
And I was feeling that this whole tranquil, very calm atmosphere. And I was wondering, is that the calm before the storm? (laughs) And through that marriage camp, I actually got to appreciate and to understand that I have put work and ministry before my family. Okay, I, I have neglected a lot of what my wife has been trying to communicate to me about my priorities. I've caused her to feel that I'm not present in the family. And a lot of times she wanted to raise this issue. I've been suppressing her. I've been pressing her. I suppressing her. I was not able to connect emotionally with her feelings. And it is at those times at night where I choose to switch off, I choose to dissociate, and I am in my cave. You know, I realized that, you know, that I, I am a caveman. You know, I'm a caveman, and, in, and I'm mostly in my cave at night. I'm not connecting with her. I'm not connecting with the children. Okay, so the number one priority shift in 2023 and spilling into 2024. Okay, now Two weekday nights, at least, okay, practical, practical steps for me. At least two weekday nights at home for dinner. Okay, hallelujah. I see some hands, you can clap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Plus one date night for my wife. Okay, and then the rest is prayer meeting and cell group. So that's my weekday, all right? So, yeah, I just want to share the, the, the second point. The second point, I think it's very important. Uh, that as we follow God's order, as we follow God's order, blessings will flow. Okay, blessings will flow as we follow God's order. And we see when God gave this mandate to man to steward the whole of creation, God actually blessed man with these blessings. We see the blessing of provision. And God gave every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole of and every tree that has fruit of seed in it. God told Adam and Eve, they will be yours for food. The blessing of provision. And we also see the blessing of rest. The blessing of rest. Man's first day after man was created on the sixth day, his first day he experienced rest on the seventh day. You know, ironically, in today's society, this blessing seems to be lacking. A lot of people complain There's a lack of provision. There's a lack of resources. There's a lack of finance. You know, in in 1998, when I was a kid, I think I was barely in secondary school, I saw this Jack New movie called Money No Enough. How many of you have watched this movie before? Money No Enough, that movie made a lot of money. (laughs) And then 2008, the sequel came out. Money No Enough 2 also made a lot of money. In 2024, money still not enough. You know, this seems to be the, the whole, the, the, as a society, after 30 over years, that theme still seems to be dominating our society. Money is still not enough. You know, and this theme still sells. And we see that, hey, how come, you know, that resources are are not enough, it appears to be. You know, and a lot of people in our society, in, in Singapore, you know, they need rest. A lot of us, 
we lack rest, right? We suffer a lot of burnout. But I believe, brothers and sisters, if we follow God's order, if we walk in God's mandate for us, if we follow His uh, creation order in that process, God first, people next, and then the earth, we will reap these blessings. I just want to close, uh, and I will just invite the worship team up as we close today. You know, the first Sunday of 2024. Just want to close with this verse in Isaiah 30, verse 15. That was the verse where Pastor Chen Xin led us to pray uh, during the pre-service prayer. In repentance and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. In repentance and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. There is a context to to Isaiah 30. It's spoken by the prophet Isaiah to King Hezekiah and his people of Judah. Um, And that time, they were actually facing the Assyrian conquest. Hezekiah was a good king, you know. And 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 5 says, he trusted the Lord. And the Bible describes him that like there was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast to the commands of the Lord. But even for a godly king like Hezekiah, he had his moment of weakness. And in the face of the Assyrian invasion, which was a world number one superpower that had just conquered Israel, the northern tribes. And in the face of the Assyrian invasion into Judah, they were like sitting ducks waiting to be swallowed by the most powerful army in the world. And in face of that invasion of that security threat, he was pressured into forming an alliance with Egypt, which was a natural ally. Egypt was much bigger than Judah. They had a bigger army. They had a military firepower. They had more resources. And then he began to place his security in Egypt in the hope that Egypt will help them. Egypt would kind of helped them to defend their land. And God rebuked Judah. God rebuked Hezekiah through the prophet Isaiah. God says, Woe to the obstinate children of Judah who carry out plans that are not mine, who forms alliance but not by my spirit, who go to Egypt without consulting me, who look to Pharaoh for protection. And God says that this alliance will be put to shame and disgrace. And then comes verse 15. The invitation for Judah to come back to the Lord. To trust Him wholeheartedly. Once again, to rely on Him. And God says His grace will come upon Judah if they cry to Him for help. Judah will once again walk in prophetic revelation. They will receive the instruction of God that will come upon them, they will defeat their enemies. In repentance and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. Shall we all rise as we respond to the Lord?
Brothers and sisters, I just want to encourage us, you know, to stay because the service is not over yet. Uh, I believe the Lord wants to have a time where we can really commune with Him and spend time together in these closing moments of the service. In 2024, as we begin this fresh year, will we learn to put our trust wholeheartedly in the Lord? Not to look around for answers, not to look at the Egypts around us, not to look at the resources around us or the help that we can find from our families, from our friends. God can use them, don't get me wrong. But primarily, will we look up to Him? Will we look up to the Lord who holds our life together, who created us to have relationship with Him, who gave us a wonderful family, who's giving us the whole of creation for us to steward, Would we look up to Him for revelation, for guidance? And in all things, will we learn to seek His will and His ways and to receive His blessings? He will bless us with strength, with wisdom, with deliverance. So all across the sanctuary and online as well, brothers and sisters, I don't know how your 2024 is going to be. Some of us could be in the highest of highs. Some of us could be in the lowest of lows. But I just want to encourage you. God strengthens those hearts that are fully committed to Him. Thank you for listening to the River Life Podcast. We hope that you've encountered Jesus through the Word. If you'd like to connect with community or find out more about River Life Church, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or head on over to riverlife.org.sg. God bless and have a great week ahead.